You're listening to Martin Wolf's podcast from the Financial Times. At particular times, a great deal of stupid people have a great deal of stupid money. At intervals, the money of these people, the blind capital, as we call it, of the country, is particularly large and craving. It seeks for someone to devour it, and there is a plethora. It finds someone, and there is speculation. It is devoured, and there is panic. Walter Badgott. Panic follows mania as night follows day. The great 19th century economist and journalist, Walter Badgott, knew this better than anybody. Lombard Street, his masterpiece, is dedicated to the phenomenon. It is devoted, too, to how central banks should deal with its results. Ours has been a world of the no-income, no-job, no-assets, 100% mortgage, of the do-what-you-like-with-our-money-as-long-as-you-pay-the-fees covenant-light loan, and of the in-go-poor credits and outcomes of AAA-rated security financial alchemist. It has been a world of confidence, cleverness, and too much cheap credit. This is not new. It is as old as financial capitalism itself. The late Hyman Minsky, who taught at the University of California, Berkeley, laid down the canonical model. The process starts with displacement, some event that changes people's perception of the future. Then come rising prices in the affected sector. The third stage is easy credit and its handmaiden, financial innovation. The fourth stage is overtrading, when markets depend on a fresh supply of greater fools. The fifth stage is euphoria, when the ignorant hope to enjoy the wealth gained by those who came before them. The warnings of those who cry bubble are ridiculed, because these Cassandras have been wrong for so long. In the sixth stage comes insider profit-taking. Finally comes revulsion. In the latest cycle, displacement began with the huge cuts in interest rates in the early 2000s, which drove up prices in housing. The easy credit was stimulated by innovations that allowed those making the loans to regard their service as somebody else's problem. Then people started to buy dwellings to resell them, not live in them. Subprime lending was a symptom of euphoria. So, in a different way, was the rush of bankers into hedge funds and of the wealthy and big institutions into financing them. Then came profit-taking, falling prices, and last week, true revulsion. This is what George Magnus of UBS Bank calls a Minsky moment. It was the moment when credit dried up, even to sound borrowers. Panic had arrived. The correct policy response is also well known. It was laid down by Bajot himself, from his observation of the evolution of the Bank of England. The central bank must save not specific institutions, but the market itself. It must advance money freely at a penal rate on good security. In providing money to the markets last week and this, the European Central Bank, the Federal Reserve, the Bank of Japan and other central banks have been doing this job. Whether the terms on which they have done this were sufficiently penal is quite another matter. Financial markets, and particularly the big players within them, need fear. Without it, they go crazy. Moreover, it is impossible for outsiders to regulate a global financial system riddled with conflicts of interest and dominated by huge derivatives markets, massive trading by highly leveraged hedge funds and reliance on abstruse mathematics and questionable statistical models. These markets must regulate themselves – 
The only thing likely to persuade them to do so is the certainty that the players will be allowed to go bust. When William Poole, chairman of the St. Louis Federal Reserve, said that the Fed should respond to market upsets only when it has become clear that they threaten to undermine achievement of fundamental objectives of price stability and high employment, or when financial market developments threaten market processes themselves, I gave a cheer. Not so Jim Cramer, hedge fund manager and television pundit, who declared last Friday that Chairman of the Federal Reserve, Ben Bernanke, is being an academic. My people have been in this game for 25 years and they're losing their jobs and these firms are going to go out of business. And he's nuts. They're nuts. They know nothing. The Fed's asleep. So capitalism is for poor people and socialism is for capitalists. This view is not just offensive. It is catastrophic. The world has witnessed four great bubbles over the past two decades. In Japanese stocks in the late 1980s, in East Asia stocks and property in the mid-1990s, in the US and European stock markets in the late 1990s, and finally in the housing markets of much of the advanced world in the 2000s. There had been too much imprudent finance worldwide, with central bankers and ministries of finance providing rescue at virtually every stage. Unfortunately, there is every chance of repeating mistakes. A bailout has already occurred in Germany, far from the epicenter. More are likely. U.S. legislators want Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac to bail out the mortgage markets. The pressure on the Federal Reserve to cut interest rates will also grow. As Larry Hathaway and Mr. Magnus of UBS note, this looks a much more significant event than the implosion of long-term capital management in the aftermath of the Russian default of August 1998. The consequences cannot be ring-fenced as those of LTCM were. Trust in counterparties and financial instruments has fled. The likelihood is a period of recognizing losses, tightening credit conditions and deleveraging. Such a period, desirable in itself, will lead to strong pressure for swift declines in interest rates, at least in the U.S., and so for another partial bailout of a crisis-prone system. This pressure must be resisted as long as possible. Yet the underlying challenge confronting the world's central banks remains. Huge surplus savings in important parts of the world, corporate sectors that do not need to borrow, and so limited categories of creditworthy and willing borrowers, Households in rich countries foremost among them. The epoch of the U.S. housing bubble is over. The pressure for repeated injections of cheap finance is not. Thank you for listening. To read Martin Wolf's columns online, please go to www.ft.com forward slash wolf.